Montana, Montana, New York, your host here at Cambridge House. And I'm joined today by the one and only Jeff Clark. Jeff, thank you for being here. It's great to meet you, Montana. Great to be with you. This should be a fun talk. It sure should. What is catching your eye on today's market, Jeff? Well, two things are catching my eye that pertain to this year. First is gold. The main message I think people should understand is that gold is doing what it's supposed to do. Russia's invasion of Ukraine and gold responded to that. That's exactly what gold does. It's a store of value. And geopolitical issues are not you know, the greatest uh, catalyst for gold because gold tends to give back those gains once the geopolitical conflict eases. So if there's you know, at some point, uh, if there's a ceasefire or an agreement or some kind of peace or something, it would not be surprising at all to see gold pull back on that, along with silver and the miners, right? But that's not the issue with gold. You know, owning physical gold is not a trade. Owning physical gold is real value. It's, it's real money. It's, it's not a trade. It's something you have to own just like if you were buying homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, and things like that, you have to own it. And pardon me, in my opinion, there are times to be overweight gold and times to be underweight gold, right? So you want to always own it, under, at least under the current monetary system, right? And this is a time that uh, I think is easy to show that one wants to be overweight gold, right? I mean, what more proof do you need with what everything that's going on, right? And of course, it's not just the Russia-Ukraine issue. It, it's inflation, it's debt levels, it's deficit spending that's in the trillions of dollars. And all of this is happening under the guise of a, a, a fiat monetary system, which is a faulty monetary system, right? The only way they can, that central bankers, not just the US, but all central bankers can keep the system going is through creating currency. That's their main solution and tinkering with rates. That, that's it. That setup argues and demands that we own physical gold and be overweighted at this time in history. So, And the other observation I would make real quick, if I'm not going on too long, is <laughs> with the miners themselves, right? The miners, their costs are related to energy with oil and natural gas, LNG heating up and that sort of thing, right? So uh, I did a little bit of uh, work on this. And so a lot of analysts, a lot of houses in the banks, they came out with their projections for all-in sustaining costs for the miners for 2022. Now, it is a projection, but the one that came out from BMO was just two days ago. So it was after Russia invaded Ukraine. It was after the big, big spike in oil and natural gas and all this, right? And they projected that costs were going to rise about 5% over the year before to about 1166 an ounce, so $1,166 an ounce to produce gold, right? So even at you know, $2,000 gold, that's still giving them an you know, $800 to $900 margin, which is great. And of course, you know, if the gold price goes higher, that's even a bigger margin. So the point is that, yes, costs are going up. This is the point I'm trying to make. Costs are going up, right? But the gold price is going up higher and it's going up more. And so margins are still going to be between, you know, 40 to 50%. So that's a very strong margin. It's very healthy for the gold producing industry. And we're in a gold bull market. 
Okay, we're in a bull market. It's it's time to be long. People have to be long in this bull market. The gold price will continue to rise over time. We'll see other spikes like we've seen recently, and that's going to be positive for the miners. The bottom line is gold is rising and will continue to rise more than costs will, which means, which is a great thing, right? Because that means margins not only are going to be healthy, but they're they should continue to rise if these projections are correct. So, so it's very positive, and this is going to put a lot of green on the screen, as I like to say, to Wall Street traders sitting at their desk with their you know ten screens, looking at okay, what's making you know a profit out there right now? They're going to see that that's happening with uh, the gold miners and most miners in general. So. That's a good thing. And, and I think that's going to bring more generous into the industry and push equity prices higher. Great. And I know we just talked about the long game here, but are you currently deploying any capital into the market or would, would you say your capital is deployed? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yes. Now, I, I deployed capital before all this happened, right? And I deployed a lot of capital last January. So that'd be January of 2021. Because I looked at what was coming with inflation, and I did several interviews at the time saying, look, inflation's going higher, and it's not going to be transitory. A lot of people thought it was going to be transitory, right? It wasn't. It wasn't remotely. So I predicted that gold and silver were going to go higher. Now, I was wrong in the short term. They didn't really respond that much last year. There's a lot of reasons I've talked about you know, why they didn't. You know, A lot of capital was going to equities because the general equities, because, you know, uh, things were getting better. People were more optimistic. Why do we need gold if COVID's ending? You know, that kind of thing, you know. But now we see with a sudden spike in inflation rising more than expected and higher than expected, gold and silver are responding. And that's, that's that's a longer term issue. It's not a transitory or temporary issue. Obviously, at this point, they had to pull that back. Anyway, my point is I did deploy capital a lot of capital back then and profited, you know, very well. But I'm still buying now because this is a bull market. That's the point. This is a bull market. An active investor has to have exposure to gold, silver, uranium, the stocks, the battery metals, things like that. Great. And as a senior precious metals analyst, what are your predictions for gold and silver this year? Oh, I like you, Montana, but I hate that question. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to be wrong on that, right? I like know, I said yeah. last year, I predicted, you know, inflation was going to, I think I said it was going to triple, and it did more than that, you know, from last <laughs> January. But gold and silver didn't respond at the time. I think I'll be right in the end about that, though. But I, I again, I, I think, you know, we have a, all of this is happening under a faulty monetary system that, re- that demands currency creation, mm-hmm. that demands debt. The debt can never be repaid in current dollars anyway. Trillion dollar deficit spending, all these issues. And then on top of that, you have geopolitical conflicts, you have inflation, you have supply chain issues, you have commodity crunches and things like that. There's so many reasons to be long right now in gold and silver that uh, I am forced to say that gold and silver, even though I'm a bull, I'm forced to say it when I look at all these issues that gold and silver are going higher. They're absolutely going higher. This this bull market is not over. There will be ups and downs, pullbacks, sort of a two steps, 
forward, one step back type of thing, but they're both going higher. I wouldn't be surprised to see $2,500 gold by the end of the year, you know, and silver blowing past 30. Great. And while I have you here, do you mind letting us take a look inside your current portfolio? Sure. So I, I love mining stocks. It's my passion, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times I'll compare my portfolio to GDXJ, the sure. gold miners junior ETF, right? Uh, because that's where I'm invested. I'm invested in, you know, pre-producers, developers, a lot of explorers and juniors and that sort of thing. So uh, that's the best comparison. I noticed over the past few years that I was well outperforming it and not beating my chest, but just making the idea that stock picking, you know, applying a few basic screening techniques and methods can give you a much better chance than what the GDXJ would do. And yes, I outperformed it in 2019. In 2020, GDXJ was up four times more than GDXJ was. Last year, GDXJ was down, my portfolio was up. So, so I, I, like, I like the stocks that I have. And so I came up with this idea, well, instead of the GDXJ, why don't we pick a different J and make it the GDX Jeff? So I have the GDX Jeff portfolio and people can pick which J they want, right? So, you know, my biggest holding in there, I've made this public before, is, is First Majestic Silver. As much as I know about that stock and, and about the company, I've been to their operations. Um, I know management on a first name basis. Lots of things to like about that company. But the main thing is that stock has demonstrated leverage to silver that is just through the roof. Every time silver goes up, first majestic silver goes up two, three, four, five times more. One time in one episode, it went up 10 times more than the silver price. That's the bottom line. I'm an investor. Sure, I like management, but I'm an investor. I have my own money at stake. That's why I buy that stock because it has tremendous leverage to silver. And then my second biggest holding, also in that GDX Jeff portfolio, is Cassier Gold. I've made that pretty public as well. You know, that's the stock I've invested the second most of my own personal funds into. I really like that uh, company, incredibly strong management team looking at, at old mine science. So this is a Brownfoods exploration. Uh, some of the best people looking at it, you know, very strong political jurisdiction and, you know, some highly, highly prospective property. Uh, it's very exciting what's happening there. I think that stock's going a lot higher. So, so those are the top two holdings in that portfolio. And if people want the whole thing, I can, you know, give them the video link to, to watch the whole thing. But, you know, I, I think we're in the right place at the right time. I really do. And there's not just several months to go with this. There's several years to go with this. Great. Thank you. And a very wise man once told a friend of mine to always take a step back and look at the bigger picture when it comes to mining investing. Do you have any other advice for my listeners? I think the other thing we want to pay attention to right now that's happening in the mining sector is M&A, mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. And that's heating up now. We're restarting another M&A cycle. We had an M&A cycle back, you know, 2000, 2011, 12, something like that. Then it fell off. Now another one's starting up again. And of course, the great thing about an M&A is if you're an investor and you own stocks that get bought out, you get bought out at a premium. So, so it can be an easy, quick win for those stocks. So I think that's a cycle that's happening. And let me just give you an idea of what could be coming. From 1998 to 2011, all the gold reserves officially 
with the miners, with the producers, were mined out during that period. So how did they replace all those ounces? So they did replace them all through, through brownfields exploration, some greenfields, but mostly brownfields. And they're just looking around the mines and their operations now, and they found more gold and were able to replace their ounces. But there was also growth above. They, they more than replaced their reserve ounces, right? So where did that growth come from? 92% of the growth in, in those gold reserves came from M&A. They bought it. 92% of the growth above what they replaced. And so if we see another cycle like that, there's going to be a lot of M&A. There's going to be a lot of good companies that are going to get bought out. And so that's going to be a fun time for investors that own them. I hope it doesn't happen too fast because, you know, 5X first, please. You know, I, I want my stocks to go up a lot because there's, you know, some really good ones in there. But the point is on the best of the best. And if you do that, you know, big projects run by really good people in pro mining jurisdictions, those are the three legs of the stool, right? If you focus on that, whether it's bought out or not, you've, you've got a really good uh, mining speculation there. And that's the other thing that we are speculating here. We're not really investing. You know, we are speculating. So for that reason, you really have to go with the best of the best. Great. And if my listeners wanted to find some more advice from you, Jeff, where would they find you? Well, I do work with Mike Maloney at goldsilver.com, so they can find me there. All my content is originally published there, and you can sign up for the newsletter and get it before the public does. So that's a lot of fun working with Mike. I also occasionally write for Silver Chartist. Uh, that's an uh, investment newsletter that focuses mostly on miners. That's been a lot of fun. And that's at Silver Chartist Advisor. Dot com is the link if anybody's interested. And then I do disclose my personal picks on Twitter. That's at the Gold Advisor. Great. Thank you so much, Jeff. Hey, great. Great to be with you, Montana. See you at Cambridge House in May. Absolutely. See you there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow this podcast wherever you're listening to be notified every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday of new episodes. Also, feel free to leave a rating and a review if you're enjoying the show. Keep up with me and Cambridge House between episodes at the Montana York on Twitter and cambridgehouse.com. See you next time.